This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. And we're grateful that you're tuning in from all over the world. Just know today we're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, courtesy of the Pinnacle Forum. Pinnacleforum.com, pinnacleforum.com. You hear lots more about that later on in the show, but wanted to just say thank you to them. They've been hosting us all week, bringing you great guests, giving us opportunity to meet neat people, and all the free food we've been getting. Wait a minute, we didn't get any free food this week. We're going to have to talk to Guy Rogers about that one. Yeah, what's this? What, what would be the, like, the thing that would be famous in this area? I don't know. We haven't Mexican gotten any food, of it. I baby, suppose Mexican I food, That's right. right? Yeah, people, right. And people in Austin, Texas gave us barbecue. Okay. <laughs> All right. So listen, we're talking about Pinnacle Forum, and I want you to know it was it was the idea was launched by Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, as he challenged leaders to look at ways where they could use their influence for God in shaping culture. Well, you go down the road now, many, many years later, and Pinnacle Forum, the mission of Pinnacle Forum is to encourage and equip influential leaders through confidential forums supported by a national network to engage in personal and cultural transformation. Wow, my lips are run. They've run out of steam. They're all done. Supported by a national network to engage in personal and cultural transformation that honors Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Today, we have Bill Montgomery. He's a guy, I mean, if you follow national news, you've probably never heard this guy's name. But he's worked alongside another guy, well, he may mention, he may not, but Bill Montgomery is the Maricopa County attorney. Bill Montgomery, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you very much, Jim and Martha. It's exciting. We're excited to have you here. We really are. And one of the things that we love to do so that our our listeners get a chance to know you a little bit better is to have you share how you became a follower of Jesus Christ. Sure. Uh, well, and uh, as a Catholic, I started off being baptized as an infant mm -hmm. <laughs> and then uh, had the opportunity to go to parochial school for first and second grade uh, where uh, I received uh, sacraments of initiation of uh, Eucharist and uh, reconciliation. Um, and, you know, that right there sort of set the foundation uh, for me. But, you know, as, as most young people, unfortunately, do, I drifted in and out of the church. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really wasn't until I showed up at West Point in my first year. And one evening, uh, we were having a conversation, uh, my two roommates and I, and one of them uh, was an atheist. And so was challenging me about my beliefs and, uh, and, and, and where my faith came from. And he asked me a couple of questions, and I didn't have some really good answers. And I thought, you know what? If I'm going to say that I'm Christian, I should know why. Mm. It shouldn't just be a default, well, gosh, that's how I was baptized, or that's the way my parents raised me. Um, I needed to have some ownership. And so I, I went and met with uh, with a nun who was responsible for religious education. <laughs> and, there and, you go. And, yeah. And, uh, and lo and behold, in two weeks, uh, they were going to start a, a confirmation class. Uh, for religious education. And so uh, I, I wound up being confirmed as a Catholic at 19 at uh, the Catholic Chapel at West Point. Uh, and uh, I would say that from that point forward, I was much more aware of and much more intentional about incorporating Christ into everything that I did. And then my faith walk uh, is still going on right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's never ended, and there are different seasons in our lives. And what I've been sharing with folks uh, more recently is that I'm at a point in my life where I, I actually, now I love people. Um, I, I've been, you know, over the course of the last eight and a half years with the job that I have, 
I get to see people at their worst moments, mm-hmm. whether they're a criminal or a victim of a crime or a parent of a young man or woman that we're prosecuting, desperate for something to happen to bring some meaning to the situation. And it has challenged me and some of the most horrific of circumstances to still see the image and likeness of God in that other person and to be very mindful of that. And again, that sort of intentionality requires me to maintain a consistent prayer life. Hmm. I don't always do it, uh, but it, it, it calls for me to um, to want to see Jesus in others and to want to experience that love and forgiveness, uh, to recall that I'm a beloved son too, and then in turn for me, because uh, there, there can't be any separation between your personal life and your work life, to then reflect that love of the Father towards my children. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, when I, when I catch myself coming up short, it's because I have not been the Father to them that I ask God the Father to be to me. It, it, it's such a battle, this re- learning, learning how to apply our relationship with our Heavenly Father to all of our lives. Was there ever a point in time, Bill Montgomery, where you said, Wow, this faith that I've been raised up in, which I've made my own, being a follower of Jesus, where you, you realize I need to interconnect this, intertwine it with my work life. Was there ever a time where you had to say, I need to, I need to do this because it didn't come naturally? Um, I'd say, yeah, and, and probably is around the time when I first got married, where I realized then that I had this other dimension to my life that I had to be very, um, very aware of and conscientious about. And that was, you know, being a good husband. And, you know, when you're a new husband, you got a lot to learn. Uh, you could say I was in training for quite some time. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've already celebrated 22 years, you're still learning. There's lots more to learn because I got 33 years. I'm still learning. So, yeah, yeah. it's a lifetime class. Yeah. And so that, you know, working on that, that intimate relationship, trying to make two into one, uh, sort of uh, made me realize – you know, there there are a lot of other relationships that I have in my life that I need to I need to bring Christ into as well, and to keep in mind that you know when when you get married, there are three people: it's you, your spouse, and Christ. Mm-hmm. And in all of the relationships then that you have in other dimensions of your life, including at work, um, yeah, I need to start reflecting that towards others, and I need to start uh, reminding myself that um, yeah, I'm in the middle of a meeting. And I've got someone that I can call to account, uh, but I need to pause because if I'm expecting that person uh, to be patient and kind and gentle and not to take offense, then I have to reflect that too. Mm. <laughs> Which is super easy to do when you're dealing with criminals. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I, I will tell you that I think that's what made me a good line prosecutor before I ever became the elected county attorney in that... Every time I was dealing with a criminal defense attorney, I had to keep in mind first, okay, this isn't the person who committed the crime, and they're trying to do their best to advocate for their client. All right, now I've got to see through that then to the individual involved on the other end. And if I do believe in redemption, then I have to leave some room for that in how I resolve cases. I have to leave some room that if I want that person to recognize that they are made in the image and likeness of God, then I need to treat them that way. You know, one of the truths that that I've uh, come to accept in, in this line of work is that no individual ever commits a crime without first forgetting that they have innate value and dignity. And that's usually where I end it in the secular context. Uh, but I don't think anybody will call me to account here. They have innate value and dignity because they're made in the image and likeness of God. Right. And they forget that first. 
Because then it makes it easy to victimize somebody else. Because if you don't see that truth in you, you won't see it in somebody else. And if you neglect to understand that you're in relationship with others, you are going to fail to appreciate the role you have in a broader community. In every single instance that I have ever been involved in where somebody's committed a crime, that's what it's all about. It's forgetting that reality and not understanding that there is something transcendent that we're all a part of. Uh, and that we're all called to love one another, particularly when it's difficult. Mm. And I can only imagine in your role, I mean, for a lot of people in your role in other counties around the uh, country, um, it is a very difficult reminder. So tell, give us a, just a glimpse into what it is that you're facing on a daily basis, because a lot of people may not know. So for uh, as a county attorney in Arizona, I have both civil and criminal responsibilities. Uh, my office is the third largest county-based office in the country, so I have a mm-hmm. thousand employees. Holy I have about uh, I have about three hundred and thirty prosecutors, another forty to fifty civil attorneys, because we also represent Maricopa County in litigation and have to give other elected officials advice on how they carry out their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's about a hundred people who work in the civil services division. Then on the criminal side of the house, uh, that's where the balance of the employees are. And on any given day, uh, I may be asked to sign off on a notice of intent to seek the death penalty. I may be asked to uh, agree to um, uh, divert from our normal policies and give someone a second opportunity at a diversion program to avoid a felony conviction. And then I may be asked to take a look at uh, a, um, uh, a request from a fellow government official who wants to do something and have to look and see whether or not they've got the statutory authority to do it. Uh, in all of those instances, I'm the bad guy. Mm. I'm the one who's got to tell people what you can and cannot do and what you will and will not be accountable for. When we come back, lots more from Bill Montgomery, Maricopa County attorney. We're all courtesy. We're all here courtesy of the Pinnacle Forum. That's right, Jim. We have been brought here by Pinnacle Forum and had that opportunity all week long. We've been um, talking to different people that are partners in Pinnacle Forum and learning more about this um, very unique opportunity and our listeners can get involved. This is not just um, in a local area, although there are local groups all over the country, but you can do it virtually. So that's something I'm excited about for our listeners to hear because they may be intrigued, especially around this whole idea of being able to um, really delve into impacting culture and what culture are you influential over. It's not only the workplace, which is a key culture that you have, but neighborhood, which we talk about a lot on the air, um, your family, your whatever environment and the passions that people have, whether it's, you know, pro-life, um, whatever it might be, those cultures um, having impact and being very intentional. Pinnacle Forum really helps its partners to delve into that and really uh, be intentional for the rest of their life rather than getting to the end and going, oh man, I wish I'd have done a little bit more in a certain area that God's given them a passion and a, uh, influence over. So we've been learning about Pinnacle Forum and um, it's it's. I hope that our listeners will check them out online, which is pinnacleforum.com. All right. So we've got Bill Montgomery in here today. He mm-hmm. is the Maricopa County attorney right here in Arizona, Maricopa County, Arizona. Bill, you're busy. You just said you have a thousand employees. That's yes. you know that's above average. Most people don't have a thousand, <laughs> so you're busy. Way above average. Yeah, you make time to participate in a pinnacle forum and other pinnacle forum events. 
What do you find out about what do you find about this experience, the Pinnacle Former experience that keeps you involved despite the time pressures that you have? Uh, I would say that's exactly why I need to be involved in mm. that. Um, you know, as as followers of Christ, we're strongest when we're in community. Um, Christ didn't uh, do the job on his own. He brought together a group of men uh, and women to form a community of believers to help impact the world. And we are not meant to to walk this path alone. We're ultimately accountable as individuals for what we do, but uh, but we have to interact with others. And so I get strength. Um, I learn. I get a chance to share my faith too with others, and it it's it's a reinforcing, reaffirming experience. Uh, and that's something that you know, we're not going to get in the broader culture. You know, as we seek to influence the culture, we're seeking to influence so that it is uh, more affirming about the types of things that we know are are important for successful societies. We've got to have strong families. Mm-hmm. We've got to have room, particularly for us here in the United States, where we should appreciate it more than any other place around the world when it comes to religious liberty and the freedom to exercise religion. Um, and that's, All religions. That's, oh, uh, right. Right, right. R- religion with a small r. Right. And uh, and to include, you know, folks who, who say they have no faith. You know, the the thing about Jesus' message um, was that uh, he, he did not force people to believe. He called them to himself, uh, but he didn't force anybody to believe. And he told Peter to put away the sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so with the environment that we have is one then in which uh, we need believers uh, to network. We do it in our churches. Uh, we should be doing it in our neighborhoods. And for the Pinnacle Forum that I'm a member of, uh, we, we've got folks uh, from various uh, various business uh, enterprises, and it's also you know, good too to find out what people are doing in other areas so that we can encourage and where where appropriate and where the opportunity is there to also participate and help them along their walk. So, how long have you been a partner with Pinnacle Forum? Uh, I think it's been a, a couple of years. Okay. All right. Uh, and are you in a you're in a face to face group or a virtual group? I'm in a face to face group. In fact, uh, uh, the the group that I'm a member of meets around this table that we're sitting around right now. All right. Nice. So I, I understand the part of that group is you know, you're sharing your stories, it's it's everything's confidential. But people probably there's some accountability around that group, right? There is. There is. And uh, you know, as iron sharpens iron, right? Uh, we we we'll challenge one another. Uh, particularly if you know we're we're asking for guidance on how to deal with a particular issue that we're facing, um, and we pray for one another, and there's accountability in that too. Okay, but you have to live your life in the limelight. Everybody around the table isn't in front of the TV cameras all the time. You're the county attorney. You're constantly having to do, you know, you're in front of the camera, right? I mean, yes. you, you live your life in front of the camera, in front of the media. So everybody knows about your world. You don't necessarily know about everybody else's world. How do you, does anybody ever call you out from around the table and go, Bill, I cannot believe you said that on TV today? Um, I always pray to be guided by the spirit in what I say. <laughs> before you get on camera? Bef- before I do. And, um, and it also happens to be one of the gifts that I've been blessed with. When I get up in front of, of cameras to do a press conference, at most I may have a few bullet points on, mm-hmm. on things that I know I need to cover. But otherwise, I'm speaking from the heart about things that I believe in and about 
how our criminal justice system should operate. And so I don't have to be scripted um, because, again, this is this is stuff that I believe in and that is part of my professional experience. And in a way, you know, I really my life should be and I strive to make it a witness in everything that I do. If you want to know how I think a county attorney should do the job, watch. Mm. What I do is how I, I, I believe uh, is the way that I should do it. When I communicate, everything that I say, all of my, my press conferences are on a YouTube channel. And uh, you know, I don't want to get too far down a tangent and start bashing the media, but I did that because they kept misreporting what I was saying. Sure. And so I decided, well, you know what? I want people to, to see exactly what I said in the context mm-hmm. and then – um, maybe a little bit of selfish uh, interest there. And I want them to see what kind of questions I get asked. <laughs> so, and, and usually in that, that Pinnacle Forum group too, uh, it, it's an opportunity for me to, to ask for strength and support. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if somebody says, hey, I, I saw a story in the paper today. I said, yeah, now let me tell you what really happened. <laughs> and that's just sad. So, um, so if for our listeners who have maybe just been catching a glimpse of what Pinnacle Forum is really all about, just talk to them for a moment from um, whatever vantage point they may be. They may not have a, a political or government job. They may be teachers. They may be in medical, whatever. How do you see that this would be of benefit to them? Oh, sure. Uh, I would say that no matter where you are at with your work life, being part of a Pinnacle Forum gives you the opportunity to learn how you can bring Christ to others within uh, within your circle of influence and what it is that you might be able to do uh, to realize the commission that Jesus gave each of us to be a disciple in, in that line of work. I happen to be within uh, within the realm of, of government. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay, that's where that's the space I operate in. But you know if you're a doctor, lawyer, or if you're a construction foreman, uh, or you run a small business, uh, you run uh, a mailbox UPS store, every single one of those areas is an opportunity for you to bring Christ to others mm-hmm. uh, and, and to exercise your role as a disciple. And so being a member of a pinnacle forum can do a lot of things. If if you're sitting there right now and thinking, well, gosh, what could I do? Oh, that's a great reason to join a pinnacle forum to find out what could you do. Mm. We, we learn from other members uh, in addition to... Uh, everything that I mentioned about that spiritual support and in, in growing together and in, in growing in love as a as a fellow Christian, there's a lot of practical stuff there too. I mean, you may be asking uh, yourself the question: How do I grow my business in such a way that I'm not compromising my beliefs mm-hmm. and and I'm not uh, cutting corners? There's probably a pinnacle form that you could join where somebody's going to wind up sitting across the table from you and will say, well, let me tell you exactly how you can do that. And here's how you can also avoid sacrificing more time with your family to make it a reality. Mm. Okay. Speaking of sacrificing time with your family, uh, uh, how do you protect your marriage of 22 years from your job? Because your job, everybody knows. How many people are in this county? Um we're the fourth largest county in the nation. We're at about four and a half million people. Four and a half million people in one county. You're in. <laughs> what a great job you have. So, how do you protect your wife from your job? How do you protect your marriage from your job? Um, a lot of prayer, and uh, I I have to try to be understanding as well of that very situation you just mentioned about protecting my wife from my job. Um, 
you know, fortunately, she works in human resources, so there's nothing for I... For the county? <laughs> no. Okay. No, no. She, she actually works for a law firm in town. It, in, interesting, and, and since, you know, we had our 22nd anniversary, when I first met her, she was an HR manager at a law firm, so we've kind of come full circle in that mm-hmm. regard. Uh, and when we were first married, uh, and I was working as a line prosecutor, uh, Friday evenings were the time for us to sit down, hang out, decompress, talk about our week, and we would have, uh, you know, this little game of, oh, so... Let me tell you the the worst interaction with another person I had this week. And then <laughs> I think I won my fair share uh, by saying, "Well, yeah. Well, let me tell you about what this one guy did." <laughs> uh, but I and I talked to her. I don't. I probably don't communicate as well as I should or as often as I should. In fact, she's on the line and wants to get her <laughs> two cents in. When we come back, lots more with Bill Montgomery talking about being how do you, how's he living out his faith as the attorney for Maricopa County, Arizona. And this is only possible by Pinnacle Forum, pinnacleforum.com, pinnacleforum.com. We've got Guy Rogers back in here. He's the president and CEO. He's been hosting us all week long, bringing us incredible guests. Guy, right now we're in the middle of a conversation with Bill Montgomery, the Maricopa County attorney. You talked earlier this week about how you're trying to raise up people to change culture, and we desperately need people in political office, appointed offices. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Well, and Bill's a great example of that, of how here's an individual who is in office and serving, you know, public service, but is a believer and doing this from a perspective as a Christian and, and, and the kinds of, of differences that someone can make. And uh, you'd asked me, I, I don't know, it was a couple episodes ago about where I've seen this happen, you know, in other parts of the country. And I thought about it and it reminded me of a particular instance, and this is going to surprise your listeners when I tell them about this one, because they're, just like when I shared this with you earlier, I think they're going to be stunned. Uh, there are, uh, and actually this is a documented report, uh, there have been over 50 instances in trial and appellate courts in America where Sharia law, which is Islamic law, was actually used to adjudicate a case. How does that even happen? This is the con- we are under the Constitution of the United States. The Sharia law has no grounds here in this country. Well, that's a question for another time, obviously. But yeah, it's the same. But I share that with people. This exact same response I always get. First of all, they don't even believe it's possible, and that's why I take them to the report and actually say, "You can't find the report online. It's a documented report." So, I was with an organization prior to Pinnacle Forum where our mission was combating the threat of radical Islam, and we worked with a lot of Christian state legislators and members of Congress, you know, who were dealing with things like not just terrorism, but issues like Sharia law. And we had a particular project called American Laws for American Courts. It was a piece of legislation that we had worked with another organization put together and was introduced in state legislatures in in several states. And in the state of Kansas, and I believe the year was 2012 now, they actually passed it. And the lead sponsor on that was a woman, a Christian, solid Christian, good friend, uh, you know, who in state Senate, and she carried that bill to completion, and it was signed into law. Now, maybe the average person thinks, well, why is this even necessary, right? It, it, it should not be necessary. And it should not be, but here's what happened. Later that year, a, and this was a news report, a judge was asked to adjudicate a divorce proceeding between a Muslim husband and wife. The husband wanted to use Sharia law to adjudicate the divorce. The wife wanted to use civil law. And anybody who knows anything about Sharia law knows why. Because under Sharia law, women have very, very few rights. And the judge stated he could not comply with the husband's request because 
this particular law prevented him from doing so. How about he couldn't comply with the husband's request because it's the United States of America? Why bought that excuse? Well, oh. but, but let's look what's happening on college campuses with free speech. Why should we even have an issue on college campuses of where you have to have free speech zones, you've got to get permission to talk? That should already be covered under the First Amendment. But the problem is, is we have to now literally reiterate these things and put them in statutory law as well as constitutional because they're being ignored so often. Mm. Okay. What does all of that have to do with Pinnacle Forum? Well, it's an example of how you can see that Christians in leadership roles in the culture can have a disproportionate impact uh, if they are people who go out there and lead. Okay, um, I only gave the example of the woman in Kansas because this was, an, this was a woman who would lead as a Christian in the state legislature. Right. I could give you examples in Congress. I could give you examples of governors. Please, please <clears throat> well, give us some examples. We um, need to be encouraged that some of these people are really living out their faith in their work. Well, I have a, a longtime friend. He was a member of Congress for 14 years. He's actually a Pinnacle Forum partner. He's a former member of Congress. He was a client of mine for 10 years. Um, and the greatest compliment I gave to him was, after he served in Washington for 14 years, I said, it didn't change you. Mm, Washington did not change you. Wow. You were as humble and unpretentious and a public servant when you left as when you got there. And he did a whole lot of things quiet behind the scenes that a lot of people didn't see. Yep. But an example, because when people say to me, are there really people trying to do these things? There are. Yes. There are. But typically, they're not media hounds. They're not, you know, the only thing is we just need more of them. Yeah. Like Amen. exponentially more. The problem we run into, and I actually encountered this back in the 90s, I was a political consultant for a number of years. I had my own firm, so I worked with a lot of clients. And I actually had a Christian tell me that I was working against the will of God by working in politics. <laughs> they don't read their scriptures, obviously. Well, I asked the question, why? And she said, well, because it's prophesied that it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and then Jesus is going to come back. So we're supposed to let it go to hell in a handbasket without helping. If I had been a smart aleck, actually, I am a smart aleck, so, but if I had been a thoughtful smart aleck at the time, here's what I should have, would have said. So in other words, let's just all sin more and Jesus will come back sooner. Well, Romans, <laughs> what, what is it? In Romans, it opens up chapter 6. What should we say then? Should we go on sinning so that sin, sin may, so that, so that grace, grace may increase? Uh, grace that's may abound, exactly. That's right. It's just, it's, there's, there is enough of a belief out there among a lot of Christians that we don't get involved in culture. And they really, I think, they, they've got this narrow view of what the gospel is. We actually had a speaker at our recent national conference who has a book called The Divided Gospel, The Consequences of Separating the Kingdom from the Gospel. Mm. Profound. Because it's really the gospel of the kingdom. If you read carefully in the scriptures, in Matthew it says, Jesus went everywhere proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. So what does that mean? How are we supposed to live that out? We believe that means all of life is under the lordship of Christ, which means as a Christian, we are to be affecting all of life. Amen. For a Christian leader, that's especially important because of the amount of influence they have and thus footprint they have in terms of impact in the culture. That's what we do in Pinnacle Forum. And, one, and culture is a really big part of your conversation because you believe that these leaders um, can impact the culture which with, within which they are working, living, breathing, Married, family, neighborhood, all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's actually historical uh, under, uh, proof for this. There's a book written by a man named James Davison Hunter. He's a professor at University of Virginia. It's titled To Change the World. He looked at the history of how cultures change, 
And he said, whether for good or bad, cultures change when small groups of leaders work together towards common causes and influence the culture from the top down. Mm. And he would give multiple examples. He would give like Martin Luther as one example, or William Wilberforce on the one hand. And then he would give somebody like Lenin, who started with 17 men, on the other hand. So our view in Pinnacle Forum is if we as Christian leaders will begin to connect together, encourage each other, do life together in these forums, and be intentional about changing culture, we will change culture. But it's going to take a large amount of collaboration, and it's not going to just be Pinnacle Forum that does it. So how are you seeing collaboration within the kingdom as people get to meet? People are more and more minded today, Guy Rogers from Pinnacle Forum, than ever before about this whole idea of the Seven Mountain, because they've watched the enemy take over the Seven Mountains in our country. We need to take back those seven mountains in the name of God, not from a selfish standpoint, from, but from, hey, the real truth is what makes an impact. That's what will change culture. You're trying to do it in groups all across the country, and you are doing it, but it needs to be done in a million and a half people instead of maybe you know, three or 4,000 people. How, how do we build collaboration so that this, what's happening in a pinnacle form is happening everywhere? I think the answer to that question is, more about how do we expand people's understanding of what we're actually called to do as Christians. Because if we understand that our calling as Christians is to advance the kingdom, not just to get to heaven, Mm. what I find when people grasp that, they immediately start moving in directions of the types of things we're talking about. And it can be with with a C4 organization, it can be with, you know... uh, Oz Hillman's organization. It, it, these, and so what happens is I, I refer to it as multiple tributaries to an ever-expanding river. You cannot go about changing things if you don't understand that you yourself are under, misunderstanding the way things are. That's what has to happen. That's why our, our recent national conference, the theme was fulfilling our potential for God's kingdom calling. Right. If we grasp this, we will then start gravitating towards people who are also grasping it. And as we're doing that, even if we're not intentionally collaborating we are collaborating because we are each filling a role in where the kingdom is going in a way that we weren't doing it before well and the holy spirit builds collaboration even when we're not expecting it i mean i mean because what i see you guys doing here at pinnacle forum is being done around the i mean god is lifting up people to the idea that their work matters to the idea that we can save this country but not save it politically but actually present the truth of Jesus Christ, the relevancy of the gospel to people in this country. The, because the, ans- the problem in this country is that the answers to all of the problems in this country is Jesus. Right. But most of the right. people in this country don't even know who the real Jesus is. A- and it has to be presented eventually, but we've got to be given the opportunity, the platforms to do so. But Christians haven't been pre- presenting as a whole relevancy of the gospel to our to all culture, of life. to all of life for that's, decades. That's exactly right. And Pinnacle Forum, we are really the ultimate collaborative organization. And the reason we are is because we don't have a specific cause or need that we are designed around. Mm-hmm. Our mission is our leaders, which means they're involved in everything you can think of, which means we are literally collaborating with every single work that's happening in the body of Christ, individual to individual, small group to small group. So let's, uh, for the last several days, we have been highlighting not only um, partners of Pinnacle Forum, but also you've come on every day to tell our listeners a little bit about 
pinnacle form. So if this has intrigued them, whether they can be in a local group or be in a virtual group, talk to our listeners about um, how they can take the next steps and, and check you out. There are two ways that I encourage people to do this. And one would be just to email me. I, I, I look at all my emails. Uh, trust me, anybody listening, you email me. I will get your email. I will respond. It's guy.rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, at pinnacleform.com. If you want to pick up the phone, it's 480-609-7000. The other way is they can go to our website, and there's a tab called the Forum Experience. You click that on, and there's a link where they can say, I'd like to visit a forum. Mm -hmm. Most of the people who come into into Pinnacle Forum visit a forum to experience what it's like three or four times and to see if it's for them. And we invite people to do that because we want them to see, does this really, is this really fit the rhythm of their life? Does this meet who they are? I, I would say anybody who's listening to this who is at all interested, and they're a leader of how they could grow in their walk with Christ and also be more intentional about being a cultural change agent, right. we're here to serve you. You know, one thing I don't think that we've mentioned, how long is an actual forum That's a meeting? really good question. Most of them meet weekly for 60 minutes. Okay. We have some that meet every other week for about 75 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's not an enormous amount of time commitment, but because of the way we structure them, you get a whole lot out of 60 minutes. Well, and, you, and virtually, so those minutes that are, those meeting, those forums that are meeting virtually, are those an hour every week? Yes. Yep. Those are an hour every week. And people from all over the country can join a virtual one, whether you guys are local with a group or not, right? Doesn't matter. They, we're any, we're, no matter where somebody is, we can plug them into a forum. Mm. Guy Rogers, thanks for jumping in on the show again today. And thanks for bringing us great guests all week long for hosting us here at your headquarters. We're going to get back to Bill Montgomery right after the break. But thank you, Guy Rogers. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jim and Martha, for having us and and doing this here at our offices. Pinnacleforum.com. We've got Bill Montgomery in here. He's got a job that's got some notoriety here in this part of Arizona, Maricopa County Attorney. Now, many of you have heard of that county before because of a famous sheriff that was once the sheriff here in this county. But we're not going to ask questions about Sheriff Joe today. But Bill Montgomery, you were right before the break. Oh, Martha, you were going to say something. Sorry. Well, that's right. So you were just, you know, Jim asked the question because it's it's one that's near and dear to us is how do we um, learn more about protecting our marriage, keeping it a priority in the midst of very busy careers. And you were sharing with us how, you know, early in your marriage, you guys would Friday nights, you would kind of have a little bit of fun, kind of take it back to that. Yeah, sure. So uh, my wife uh, works in HR and she gets to deal with very interesting employee situations Mm -hmm. all the time. And uh, over the course of a week, guaranteed, I'm going to have one case with one defendant who uh, will have done something rather interesting. And so we, we would share those stories. Uh, and then in, in terms of, you know, the broader perspective, so how do I protect my wife? How do I protect my family and all yeah. this? Um, first is I, I keep Christ at the center and my family and then my job. Mm. And that's the order in which I need to keep it. When that order gets out of whack, um, I'm not right. Hmm. And and my family will let me know. Uh, so I, I make sure you have that, kids too. Um, right. We've got a, a 14 year old boy or a 16 year old boy and a 14 year old girl. Oh, yeah, they'll definitely let you know what they're thinking. Oh, yeah. Well, and in, in after uh, the 2016 election, um, I still hold the record for the most money spent by George Soros to defeat an, uh, uh, an incumbent prosecutor. He, he dumped $2 million against me. Wow. And in that cycle, he went after, I think, 12 prosecutors. And me and a guy out of Colorado were the only ones left standing. Mm. And that took an amazing amount of time. 
and when it was done with, uh, my kids welcomed me back home. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that cut to the quick. Because uh, if you don't win at home, it doesn't matter where you win. Right. Uh, well so, said. Um, so that, that's I, I try to be very mindful of that and, uh, and to also be very mindful of the fact that marriages are work. It's always a work in progress. Uh, you can't coast. And, you know, I love my wife just as much today as I did, you know, the 23 years ago when I first met her um, and just, you know, and kind of knew. Uh, God was very kind to me in letting me know that, all right, it's this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and I didn't meet her until I, I was uh, 29 years old. In fact, it was two months to the day after I left active duty in the Army that I met her. Um, and it's been a love story ever since. Ups and downs, sure. Sure. Um, uh, but you grow most uh, when when you make mistakes, and so I, I feel like I've grown a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you—I mean—you just mentioned something that most people are going. Wait a minute, George Soros cares about a county attorney in Arizona and getting you defeated. What is it that you're doing that drew the attention of you know one of the guys that's the most anti-Christian in the world? I mean, he throws more money against against Christians to fight Christians around the globe. What is it that you're doing that makes him want to do that? Um, so I'll put my humility hat on. Uh, I'm good at what I do. Uh, you know, we, uh, we're enjoying 50-year lows in crime. In the last seven years, I've reduced uh, the number of people we've been sending to prison by 30%. We've uh, uh, started to develop uh, cutting-edge diversion programs where I have a recidivism rate of 4%. Recidivism rate means inclined to repeat crime. Yep. I learned that in, when I was 15. So a lot of people don't know what that word means. Yeah, and, and so for people who are, who are getting in trouble the first time or have substance abuse issues, we're diverting them from former criminal prosecution and giving them a chance to deal with the issues that they need to deal mm-hmm. with in order to be, again, the human beings that God created them to be. And that's my bottom line motivation. Uh, and I'm good at it. And, and I can get out and I can debate the people uh, from the left who want to argue that as a prosecutor, I'm vindictive. Prison's my first default. Um, I'm irresponsible with uh, the cases that we pursue the death penalty in. We have the, the fewest number of pending capital cases now than we've had in over 20 years. And it's not necessarily because uh, people aren't committing murder anymore. Because we focus prosecutors' efforts to make sure that when... We're going to pursue that type of a penalty. We've got the type of case that the the people of this county would expect us to pursue it in. Um, I'm also opposed to drug legalization. Uh, I'm opposed to things that undermine safe and strong communities. And I'm not afraid to stand up and and debate those issues. And again, I've been effective at doing it. So if you want to have a society in which criminals aren't accountable, in which impairing substances are made available to others, including children, and in which uh, uh, you don't want people to be effective in the public square in discussing matters of faith and substance, uh, then you don't want me. (laughs) And he tried to get rid of me. Hmm. So how much did you win by the last time? I won by six points. That's a lot. It's a lot, but it's a race that, you know, nobody knew my opponent. My opponent didn't raise over $26,000. So that $2 million uh, moved the needle quite a bit. Oh, my. Sure, that buys a lot of media time. All right. So let's talk to the listeners. I want to give you open forum on this. You are an elected official, uh, the, the, a county attorney for Maricopa County, Arizona. A lot of people listening going, wow, 
okay, so I could be a Jesus follower as a county attorney because we got a lot of we got a lot of uh, attorneys listening to the show and listen to the podcast later on. They're all wondering, well, how can I really make a difference? How can I really impact culture? Speak to them about the ability to actually be in a political office and actually uphold the law, and that it's okay to be a Christian doing all that stuff. Oh, sure. I I don't know how I would be able to manage all of the pressures and the stress if I didn't know that there was a God who had a mission for me. Um, you know, a few months ago, uh, our governor had to appoint a replacement for Senator John McCain. And my name was mentioned within the same context of others who may have been up for the appointment. And the media really wanted to know if I wanted it. And if I was angling for it. And so I kept getting pestered at a press conference about whether or not I had been in touch with the governor's office. Have I spoken about it? And finally, I said, you know, enough. I believe as a Christian that I'm where I'm at because this is where God wants me to be. Hmm. And if You said I that in a press conference? Oh, I sure did. You can go look it up on YouTube. On YouTube. There you go. Um, and, and thereafter, for a good several weeks and every now and then, too, uh, I'll get ridiculed for that. Uh, one of the headlines the next day was uh, God unavailable for comment. So they were just going to have to take me at my word. Um, but I, 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 I say that, that, that with, without that faith, I wouldn't be able to put up with all the other nonsense uh, and understand that I'm, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. You know, my final reward is not going to come from uh, anybody on this earth. And when I stand before the judgment seat of God, he's going to ask me, what did you do for the least He's not going to ask me uh, how high of an office did you attain or what was your last margin of victory or uh, how many positive headlines did you get. Um, that's not it. I don't, and I don't do the work for them. I do the work for God first. So how, how, do you, you know, how can you be a, a faithful Christian and work in public office? Uh, I think those are the people that we should really look for because I don't put myself first. I put the people I'm supposed to be serving first. That that servant model of leadership that Christ exemplified himself, that's who I follow. And so uh, I, I think that in, in dealing with really stressful issues and dealing with political opponents and, and those who may be on the other side of an issue, um, it's my faith, too, that allows me to deal with those folks in as, um, in as thoughtful a manner as I can. The, can the issues get sharp? Sure. Um, can I get sharp in, in my responses? Yeah, I fail. Um, I, I don't I don't do things that I know I should do, and the things that I know I shouldn't do, I do, as Paul famously <laughs> says. Right. <laughs> Paul wrote a whole chapter about that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And, the, and that really ties into the question I want to ask you, and that's the sense that, um, you know, we often, we learn from the things that we experience in life. If you could go back and talk to your younger you, what would you tell yourself? Oh, gosh. Um, it's going to be okay, Bill. Hmm. Uh, you're right. No matter who fails you, God will never fail you. And you will get to have... Excuse me. You will get to have the family you want. You will get to be the father you wish you had, and you'll get to have the marriage and uh, the wife who will love you mm-hmm. as much as you'll love her, mm-hmm. and and it'll be okay. Awesome. Hmm. Thank Pleasure. you for sharing yeah, that. I appreciate the honesty, the transparency, the vulnerability. 
Hey, Bill, one, one final last question. What, when you look at your job, would you recommend that other Christ followers get involved in running for county attorney? Oh, yes. I, I would encourage all fellow Christians uh, to seek to serve in public office. Uh, we need a servant's heart to be in those positions and to serve to love others. Mm. And, and, it's, and it's worth a sacrifice. It, it is, if you do it for the right reasons. Right. You do it to serve others, and you have to keep that first and foremost. When you make it about yourself, that's when you will fail. Bill Montgomery, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Martha. You've been listening to I Work For Him as we broadcast from Scottsdale, Arizona, courtesy of Pinnacle Forum. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work For, for Him. him.